0: Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally. Aaron Novello. the best way to prepare for a listing appointment is to ask the seller some questions. Some people call it to pre-qualify the seller.
1: And do you just automatically go out, your eyes got really big and you looked at me like, that's ridiculous, like why would I ever do that, right?
0: Well, some people would say, yes, I'm gonna list my home with you. And I would go over and ruin the presentation because I was presenting in a way where it wasn't conducive to taking a lot of listings. I've seen agents that are like, dude, they said yes, they're gonna list their home with me. And then I ask them when they come back, they're like, no, I didn't take it. And I'm like, well, what happened? You can still ruin the presentation uh, at that point. You're just trying to increase the chances.
1: Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. On this episode, myself and my boy, Mr. Jose Luis Morales, are going to have an in-depth conversation about how to prepare for the listing appointment, right? And what I'm aware of is, you know, preparing for a listing appointment is critically important if you want to be effective and efficient. According to the Association of Realtors, if an agent goes on a hundred listing presentations, they only actually take 20 listings. And that's pretty interesting. It's only a 20% conversion ratio. Now my personal conversion ratio is about 80, 85%. I know Jose's is similar. And you know we worked on that over an extended period of time as he was coming up in the game, and now he's a listing machine. So you know, I'm excited to have this conversation and add value to the community. How about you, Jose?
0: i'm I'm excited too, because I think it'll help a lot of people. I remember back in the day, bro, when I used to get a listing appointment, I would be so nervous because I didn't know how to prepare for the listing appointment or I didn't know what to do with the listing presentation. So I think that this will help a lot of people, bro. So
1: yeah 100 what comes to mind i remember having conversations with you you know when we first started working together where you felt like man i'm I'm like half the presentations i'm having to go back a second time right and it was mm-hmm. just not enough it was like inefficient you had the hustle you had the will it was just that you were spending you're spinning your wheels a lot right going on a lot of these presentations and not getting the desired outcome and once we made a little tweaks right uh one of them specifically being pre-qualifying upfront so we can gather as much information as possible and also use the pre-qualification in preparation for going on the listing presentation as a mechanism to sell which we'll get into and kind of assumptively close then you started to convert yeah. at higher and higher levels so let's walk through this bro when somebody reaches out to us or when we're cold calling and we set an appointment talk talk to me about you know the preparation that goes into that. So when somebody says says like, yeah, come over, do you just like run over right away and you're like, all right, cool, I'll see you at three?
0: No, 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 not at all. And I think that's what I used to do at the very beginning. Like somebody would call me or I'd call them, they're like, hey, I wanna sell my property. And I'd wanna go over there immediately. But the best way to prepare for a listing appointment is to ask the seller some questions. Some people call it to pre-qualify the seller. Some people call it like an input. I've heard it like, they're like, oh, I have an input form where I ask the sellers a series of questions. So basically the best way that I learned how to prepare for a listing appointment is to pre-qualify the seller, ask them a series of questions about their situation so that you know what, you can do to be a best service to them. So it starts off with a transition. Like let's say that you set the appointment. So there's a five-step listing process and we went over that in our last video. Step number one, you set the appointment. Incoming call, outbound call, set the appointment. Step number two, you pre-qualify them, meaning you ask them that series of questions. Step number three, you send a pre-listing package meaning some information, which we'll cover in this video. Step number four, you call to confirm. And step number five, you present. You follow this process. It increases the chances of you uh, uh, taking the listing, and it also improves your listing presentation ratio, meaning based on how many listings you're going on, how many of you're taking, and how many of them are you taking on the first try. So the pre-qualification starts with transitioning from setting the appointment, to transitioning to the script. This is the way I usually like to do it. I say, well, look, Aaron, before I come out, there are a number of questions I need to ask you. I just want to make sure that I'm fully prepared for our meeting and I could really be a best service to you. Is it okay if I ask those questions now? And my intention in asking that in that manner is that the series of questions is really all about them and helping them achieve their goals and helping them get closer to whatever it is that they want to do. So, Aaron, walk us through, man, what happens after you transition, bro?
1: Yeah, so, and I love that. And as I'm getting ready to walk through, I'm more than happy to do that. When I asked you, like, hey, when somebody calls and just says, like, uh, or you're doing make an outbound call and you book an appointment, eh, do you just automatically go out? Your eyes got really big and you looked at me like, that's ridiculous. Like, why would I ever do that, right? So it's important for people to understand that when me and Jose are saying that we do this every single time, it is absolutely every single time without exception, right? Uh, Because in my professional experience in those times when I imagined that I was gonna make an exception, it never ends up working out in my favor and it's not a productive use of time. So if we're either making outbound calls or it's an inbound call and we book an appointment, in preparation for connecting Jose, I just have a couple really quick questions to ask you, just to make sure that I'm fully prepared and I could be the best assistance to you and your family. And I'll be brief because I know your time is valuable. So notice there, like, I didn't ask permission. I'm like, we're doing this and I'm gonna be quick, right? So then we can transition and they're like, sure, right? And in my mind, the way that I'm thinking about this in in prequalification i think a lot of people use prequal in the wrong way they use it as disqualification right and that's mm-hmm. not really the purpose of prequal the purpose of prequal is to gather information the who what where when why and how with regards to this perspective move and also use it as a mechanism to gather you know potential objections that may come up things that you have to be prepared for when you meet with them, whether they're gonna meet with another agent, whether they're gonna ask you about the professional fee or the length of the agreement or things of that nature, or what are you gonna do to market the home? And then also a little bit more advanced as we start to assumptively close and move things forward. So once we say that phrase to transition, then they're like, sure. And then I start to systematically ask questions. And in everybody's mind that's watching this, I want you to think about this as though there's like a door and it leads to another room. And we don't leave one door until we get, we don't leave one room until we are complete in in one of the rooms. And what the rooms are, are motivation, time and decision makers. So what's the specific motivation? So once they say okay to asking, sure, like it's okay, you know, ask me questions. So the first question I have, Jose, is I'm very familiar with your geographic area. I'm sure your home is lovely. Right. Hopefully, I'm not being too straightforward. Was there any particular reason you and your family were even considering selling? And what that what is that question around, Jose?
0: It's all about the motivation, right there. Uh, that that's getting into the motivation now. I what what it comes up to me when we talk about motivation, and this is what uh where some people get caught up they'll read a script and they'll say the script will say when you sell this home where are you moving to next but like if you already talked about that in the appointment like you may not have to like say hey jose like when you sell this property where are you moving to next because they might be like jose look i literally just told you like three seconds ago that I'm moving to Arizona, instead, you can rephrase the question and say, well, look, Jose, I know that when we spoke, you were kind enough to mention to me that you're looking to move to Arizona because you want to be out and be closer to family. Is that correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, that is correct. Perfect. And then right behind that to dig into motivation Uh, a question like well and tell me because my job is to help you it's never to talk you into doing anything is it an option for you jose to not sell this home and still move like maybe like rent it or just keep it as a secondary home and then quiet because i don't want to leave that room of motivation yet until I'm clear that the motivation is very strong. Because as you know, as we're taping this, we're in an environment in which economically things are changing, and it's going to become very, very important. One of the key critical skills that we need as agents is this ability to pre-qualify at a high level and to be able to kind of flesh out eight, nines, and tens in motivation. Because if it's not a compelling kind of reason as to why they're going to sell some sort of life event, then they're probably not going to be willing to put up with a difference in market dynamics and perhaps a difference in their expectations as to how much they're going to be receiving on their home versus what they could have got, you know, six to 12 months ago.
0: Now, this is another thing, like you have to be listening to when you're having the conversation with their client. Like let's say in the appointment, they tell you, oh, this is a rental property for me, or this is a property that is an estate. You're not going to say, Jose, once you sell this property, where are you moving to next? Because that doesn't make any sense, you know? And I hear that all the time. Do you remember when we had, we were like rope?
1: Yeah, do you remember we were role-playing one time and I was like, Jose, and you're like, what? I'm like, you have a really good brain, bro. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm like, you should use it. And you were like, whoa, because you were doing that.
0: Because you get so caught up in like, okay, what does the script say next? Instead of like, okay, he already told me that this is an investment property for him and that or that this is an estate. So you have to ask yourself, what you're really looking for is the motivation. And there's different ways to dig for this motivation. So if I'm talking to somebody that owns a rental property, instead of saying, where are you moving to next? I'm going to say, well... Uh, once you sell this property, are you looking to reinvest the proceeds into something else or are you just looking to cash out on this investment? What am I looking for right there? I'm looking for motivation. So if they say I'm looking to reinvest the proceeds, I may ask like, okay, great. And once you do that, are you looking to reinvest those proceeds here locally or are you looking to move that money somewhere else? No, I'm actually looking to move it out of california okay great now i've got some sort of sense as to what the motivation is i can continue to dig deeper on that or if they say no look i'm just looking to cash out you may ask like okay great and if you don't mind me asking uh like like why cash out on the property and why not just keep the property as a rental property i mean or you can say like well jose gosh it sounds like a great rental property i mean it sounds like it's been producing tons of cash flow for you like why not keep it versus cashing out. And then I'm like, well, look, I'm really tired of being the landlord. I'm tired of like having to manage this property. I don't, I wanna simplify my life, boom. What does that give you? Motivation starts to give you the reason why they want to do what they want to do.
1: That's exactly right. And when you break that word down, motivation, it's motive to take action. It's a reason for doing something. And it was interesting because as you're speaking, those exact things were coming up for me. It's like, well, You know i I imagine this has been a really good rental for you and i know the rental market's you know been very strong over the last 12 months so hopefully i'm not being too straightforward was there any particular reason that you wanted to cash out versus just continuing to be a landlord and then quiet and they'll tell you well you know like i got maxed out depreciation i gotta cash out and move on to something else okay cool and is your intention to do a 1031 exchange and then repurchase something else or are you just cashing out completely so what me and jose are demonstrating to you is we're, we we want to get very very clear on the why first motivation right the the motive to take action the reason why somebody's doing something and personally i'm not going to move on till my to my next line of questioning which is around time until i'm clear on that
0: the, the the other thing i wanted to point out bro is i've seen other scripts and this is not me talking bad about anything else but the way that we're teaching you guys to do it is, I've seen other scripts that are like, if what, I, they, the first question that they start off with is, if what I say makes sense and you feel comfortable and confident that I can sell your home, are you planning to list your home with me? And sometimes that's too direct of a question for some some people. I remember when I would ask that, people would be like well jose look i haven't even met you like like uh, i haven't i don't even know what you look like i i I don't know anything about you or and it's it may come off like it's too strong so the reason i like to start off as motivation is it gives me a little bit of time to better understand their situation i'm still going to ask the question if if what i say makes sense are you planning to list it with me i'm just going to ask it at a different time instead of asking it at the very beginning because it gives me a little bit of time to fully understand their situation and almost like make it more about them than about me
1: 100%. and that's what you want to do and that's the key right there is that it flips it right when i begin to ask questions about jose and what he's looking to accomplish and why and specifically why it's important to him at this stage in his life that he accomplish a particular goal or objective what i'm doing is i'm coming from a place of contribution where my intention is to serve if i lead with a question that's about taking it's about me that is very indicative of what my intention is my intention is to take it's not to serve so we're still going to ask that question we're just going to ask it in a different way that's more palatable or we're going to ask it towards the end of the conversation right and uh, i think that's a critical point for people to be aware of because the tendency for a lot of people is to lead with "I, i i me 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 and what's in it for me and i think that's backwards and to your point where it's like hey you know you if, if i what i say makes sense and you have a comfortable coffee plan i'll listen to me when i see you tonight at six that's like going on a blind date knocking on the door and being like hi are we gonna smash tonight it's like what like i don't even know you bro like we didn't even have a conversation we haven't gone out to dinner yet like you we didn't even like you know like relax you know what i'm saying you gotta build a little bit of rapport first right <laughs> yeah so um you know we wouldn't do that in other areas so it's like well why are we doing it here right So once we're clear on motivation and we're asking a lot of digging questions around motivation and a key phrase there is, you know, my intention is to help you. It's never to talk you into doing anything. So is it an option for you to not sell this home and still move? Maybe like rent it out or move? Because I want to get that clarity. I see a lot of agents spend so much time spinning their wheels on people that aren't certain about what they want to do yet. And what's true is that the bad leads or warm leads, okay leads, they hide the great ones. They hide the people that are like, Jose, I'm definitely selling. I wanna get on the market in 30 days. It's not an option for me not to sell. Okay, great. We're dropping everything. You know, We're gonna move things around and we're gonna meet with you because it's very clear that you know you have a need that we can service. So once we're clear on motivation, then we start to move to time, right?
0: I, I wanted to add a couple of things on the motivation before we move on to time. Um, understanding the motivation can actually help you prepare for the appointment. I'll give you guys a couple of quick examples. Let's say that they say that they're doing a 1031 exchange. You can dig a little bit deeper. You can say, great, do you already have a 1031 exchange company or would you like for me to recommend somebody? Boom. What are you doing right there? You're adding value to their situation. Adding value. If they say, great, I'm moving to Texas. Great. Do you already have an agent out there? Would you like for me to make a recommendation out there? So whenever you're going out to the appointment now you've got all this information and it's helped you better prepare for that appointment and add value now you're going to that listing presentation not from what can i take from them it's like how can i how am i adding value so you add enough value at the presentation you're going to be the one that ends up taking the listing because you're adding value so when you're digging for the motivation pay pay attention to things where you can add value for them you know, an awesome, and also an pay awesome attention. Yeah, and also pay attention to things like, for example, like if they say, "Well, um, I've got this concern or that concern," those are going to be problems that you you can help them find solutions to. So, for example, if they say, "Well, look, I I need to relocate out of the area," maybe you can help them find a great agent. If they say, "Well, look, uh, I'm kind of concerned because I don't have the property ready." to come on the marketplace. Maybe you can help them prepare the property ready for sale. So it's going to help you prepare for the appointment and what to bring to the appointment and how to present at the appointment as well too.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I just went on a listing presentation this week. She interviewed four people, hired your boy. Let's go. And, uh, It was interesting because as we were speaking, she told me that she was making a move across country. I said, great, and you know, I know that that's a big move. Do you need any help or assistance with actually like boxing stuff up and shipping it or maybe putting stuff into a pod? She's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. I said, great, well, what I'll do is I'll do a group text. Just so you know, anybody that I refer you to, there's no financial incentive for me to do that. These are just people that we work with all the time and know and trust, and because we refer them so frequently, they treat our clients exceptionally well and give them very reasonable rates and service. So I will connect you guys in a group text and then you guys could take it from there. And if it works out great, if not, you know, we can perhaps refer you to somebody else. Would that be helpful or useful to you? Oh yeah, that'd be great. So to your point, as we're asking questions around the move and finding out motivation, it's also a way to try to determine how you can add value above and beyond just helping them transact. So what me and Jose are talking about here is moving away from being transactional to being fiduciary. Transactional is just like, hey, I help you transact, I help you buy and sell. Fiduciary is, is I help you solve problems and then I guide. Right. And those are two different things. And I think the marketplace increasingly is beginning to demand fiduciary versus just transactional. Because if an agent's just going mm-hmm. over, they're saying we're going to take pictures, put a lockbox on, some flyers, and put an MLS and, you know, hope and wish and pray that it sells. You're not adding that much value, and anybody can do that. So to Jose's point, it's really, you know going above and beyond that. So then we start to shift into time. And the question is, is why is time important? Well, for those people that are listening, how many people do you speak to? And they say, yeah, I want to sell in like six months. And you're like, hey, cool. But you know, at the same time, who would you rather be speaking to? Somebody wants to sell in six months or somebody wants to sell in 30 to 45 days. So I need to know this before I go see them instead of running out, getting all dressed up. Going in a car and being like, I think I can, I think I can, and all excited about the presentation. And then you sit down with them and they're like, Yeah, we're not going to do anything for six to 12 months. We just wanted to get an idea of value. So the questioning there sounds something like, you know, ideally, Jose, in terms of what you want, because really that is what's most important, how soon would you like to actually have the home on the market for sale? And that's a quick, straightforward question. And they're going to give you an answer. It's either going to be ASAP, it's going to be, in 30 days, it might be in six months, but each one of those is gonna have a response. And what I'm looking for is a way of creating urgency, right? So let's say they say to me, well, we're thinking like in the next 90 days. Okay, cool. And then just so I know, is there any particular reason that you wanted to wait 90 days? Like were you, was there some sort of factor that was inhibiting you doing so? And they're like, yeah, well, you know, we wanted to get it prepared and this and that. It's like, okay, cool. And let's say that we knew that through no fault of your own or mine, just because of some market dynamics and how things have been changing and interest rates going up, you know, dramatically in a short period of time, that if we made a decision to wait, it could end up affecting how much we can get. Would you be open to moving up your timeframe so you could take advantage of current market conditions? Or are you committed to waiting the 90 days and then be quiet? And when you do that, something will come back, right? So I'm always trying to listen for that time frame. And depending on the time frame, trying to figure out if there's a way that we can kind of move up the time frame, that would be in their best interest if they're open to it.
0: You know, it's funny as you were talking, I was like thinking like a lot of people look at time and they're like, well, they don't want to sell in a a period of six months. Well, have you asked them if they're open to moving up the time frame? Um, and a lot of people think like, well, if they want to sell in six months, I'm not going to meet with them now until they're closer to doing it. Or they go out, meet with them, give a full listing presentation and the people aren't ready to do anything. And then they start shopping you around as well, too. Sometimes they're like, well, that guy said he's going to charge me six percent. That guy said he's only going to sell it for 200,000 or 500,000. 6 months later the market's completely different than it, it was today. Now properties are worth 10, 20, 30, 40,000 more or 10, 20, 30, 50,000 less as well too. So I wrote that that down as well too that you can move up the time frame. What I also wrote down is that get clarification, meaning like sometimes people will say, "Well, yeah, I I, I like to sell my property in a, a, a around June time frame." So the way I get clarification on that, when you say June, are we talking about like getting it on the market in June or are we talking about like actually having it closed and sold by June? Because those are completely two different conversations, you know? No, I like to have it sold by June. It's May 21st today. You know, that's like in like nine, 10 days, you know, that's a completely different conversation. And uh, whenever people tell me their time frame, it's always like, okay, great. Well, I wanna do something by July. Okay, when you say July, do you wanna be closed by July? Or are you talking about getting it on the market by then? And then it's also an opportunity to kind of pitch things. So for example, like, um, like if they wanna have it on the market by August, you can pitch, well, great. If there was a financial benefit to doing something now versus waiting, meaning market transitioning, is that something that you'd be open to? If they say, no, I wouldn't be open to it, um, it's also an opportunity for you to pitch other things. Like, so for example, they say, no, I wanna have it on the market in July and I wanna be closed around September, you can pitch a rent back. Meaning, well, look, what if we could actually get it on the market now, get you sold, and get the buyer to do some sort of seller rent back to you, would you be open to that? The other thing that you can pitch at that time is like a coming soon campaign as well too. Hey, look i know that you're not wanting to be on the market until september um have you ever heard of a coming soon campaign no i have not okay well coming soon campaign is very similar to a movie trailer have you ever gone to the movies and you see a movie preview of a movie that's coming to theater soon and you think to yourself ah when that movie comes to theaters i want to see that movie It's the same thing for real estate. What we do with a lot of our listings is we begin to pre-market our properties prior to them coming on the market. That way, just like a movie preview, we've already got a certain level of interest. and We've already got a certain level of buzz and excitement for your home. So that when it comes on the market, is that something that you're open to? That doesn't mean that you can't take the listing now. And that doesn't mean that they won't sign a contract now. This is the time to plant the seed or almost start having that conversation as opposed to having it at the listing appointment. When you're presenting a new idea to them, it's enough. Well, Oh, wow. I'd actually be interested to in a rent back or oh wow, I actually consider I didn't know I had a rent back available I would consider a coming soon campaign as well too
1: yeah I love that and this is what we're showing it's just continuing to dissect and continuing to ask more questions to be clear what came up for me is precisely what you were describing the uh, coming soon campaign and what I will say is yeah you know something that we've done very successfully you know for sellers just like you that has produced very favorable outcomes for them is let's say we connect and it all makes sense and you feel comfortable and confident. We can take care of the appropriate documentation. We're not going to put it on the market for sale just yet. What we'll do is we'll begin to pre-market the property. We'll let people know via social media and different channels that's getting ready to come on the market. The goal and objective there is to build up a lot of interest, kind of a lot of buzz. So when it is ready in two or three weeks or a month, we just have the professional photographer come out and we open up the floodgates and hopefully that results in a lot of showings and offers. I guess I'm curious, is that approach something that you would be open to? and then quiet. And they'll tell you like, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, cool. Right? The other thing is what came up as we were as you were speaking is so let's say they say 90 days. It's like, "All right, well, and tell me this, like let's say we were able to procure an offer for you in the next 30 to 45 and we can negotiate an extended closing period of maybe, you know, 60 days or something of that nature. Is that a time frame that you would be open to?" Yeah, I think we could work with that. Okay, great. And now I'm clear, right? So what me and Jose are both saying is that As we, like we enter into the motivation room, we ask a lot of questions, we dig, we dissect, we don't take surface answers. We're continuing to ask questions. So that way we're very, very clear on the motivation. Like if you hang up a pre-qualification call or if you're going on a listing appointment and you can't tell me with exact certainty, specifically the why and why it's important to them, then you didn't do a good job of pre-qualifying and you should reach back out to them and find out before you go see them, right? Because otherwise you're also not able to, You know understand their situation fully and then therefore prescribe something that could be in their best interest fully and help them to self-discover what could you know be in their best interest then we move over to time and the same thing's happening there is that me and jose are not taking surface answers for time we're continuing to dig continuing to ask questions to find out hey is there an opportunity here to do something sooner rather than later and then once we're clear on that the next thing we move over to for me is decision makers Right. Cause I wanna be clear that all decision makers are there. I'm sure we've all been there where we run out to an appointment and we realize that they're like, oh, yeah, my wife's, it's typically the husband be like, "Ah, oh, you know, my wife's on the deed, but I make all the decisions. And then you get there and they're like, I gotta talk to my wife. I'm like, yeah, I knew you had to talk to your wife, bro. Like, why are you flexing like that? You know what I mean? Like, you're not the real decision maker, dude. So um, I wanna make sure that everybody's present. And the way that we ask that question is, you know, I can see here, it looks like there's somebody else on title to the property. Just so I know, I can hear in your voice, you seem to be really excited about selling. How does Jim feel about it? Or how does Susie feel about it, right? And then just hush, breathe, and listen. And they'll tell you. They'll be like, yeah, she's equally as pumped. She wants to be closer to family. Or yeah, he is the one that's causing me to want to do this move. He has a job opportunity or something of that nature, right? More information will be forthcoming when you ask that question. I saw you write some notes down, so tell me what you got.
0: Um, I was thinking, uh, about price as well too. Like, um, normally I, I, I go into like, okay, how much do you want to list the property for at, at, yeah. at, at that time? But it's it's basically the same thing it's just a different order. Cause I'm imagining that you ask in regards to price as well too, um, as it relates to decision makers, I do want to uh, let people know that I have had some exceptions that I make on something like that where it's like hey look my wife's actually out of town this is the way i want to do it i want to meet you first if i like what you have to say i'll introduce you to my wife and in some in some of those cases i just want to let you guys know that you you are the business owner you get to make the business decision as to how you want to run your business don't make it the rule but also don't draw a line in the sand, meaning like, nope, I'm not willing to do that. Nope. All decision makers are not there. I'm not going out to that appointment, especially as a newer agent as well too. Like, let's say, dude, you spent three weeks prospecting. You finally got a good lead. The guy wants to meet you first. You're like, nope, I'm not going out there. Dude, you don't have anything better to do. You know, like, like, uh, it may, uh, as, as you become more productive, your time becomes more valuable. And as you be, your time becomes more valuable, you wanna go into situations where uh, you're being more efficient and also that uh, increase the chances of, of you uh, being able to help them do what they want to do as well too. So just I just want to um, give a little bit of a different perspective on that as well too.
1: Yeah, I think that's there's accuracy in that where it's the exception, it's not the rule.
0: Exception, yeah.
1: So the, there's an exception a handful the of rule. times. At the same time, If we do that more often than not, then more likely than not, it'll lead to kind of spinning wheels. And as, as I get more productive, I know me and you typically are not gonna be listing 100 plus homes a year. Like I'm not gonna be meeting with people if all decision makers aren't there. I may make an exception one or two times out of 150 listings, but it is the exception, right? So once I'm clear on that, we have all decision makers present, then we start to get into some other questions. Now, Jose mentioned, regarding price. Now, the way some people have been trained to do that is, you know, I study prices every day, so therefore I assume you'll list with me at a specific price that'll cause it to sell. Is that correct? And what I'm aware of is that's built in an environment for an environment in which consumers didn't have access to data and information. Well, there's this thing called the internet and that's come around over the last 20, 25 years. And now people have access to data and information. They probably know more about home values than most agents do. Mm -hmm. So like that question doesn't make sense in the environment that we live in now. It's built for a different environment. So the way that I ask that question is like, you know, Jose, you strike me to be someone who's pretty savvy. You know, so I'm sure you've been online, looked at some of these sites that give estimates of value. So I'm wondering, did you have an idea of realistically what you were thinking in terms of price? Now, the way we say it that way is very specific reasons. You strike me to be someone who's pretty savvy, everybody loves a compliment. Flattery always works. They're like, yeah, you're damn right, I am, I'm pretty savvy, right? And then um, once I asked that, and it's like, yeah, and I'm sure you've been to some of these sites. Notice I'm I'm not mentioning names because those guys are trying to eat our lunch, so I'm not gonna give them free promotion. I'm sure you've been to some of those sites that give estimates of value, so did you have an idea at all of realistically? Now, the reason why I use that specific word Is that everything about after the word realistically has to be realistic. So did you have an idea at all of realistically what you were thinking in terms of price and then be quiet? And they're going to tell you something. It's either going to be a variation of a few things. One is going to be like, yeah, you know, we were thinking this or one is, well. You know, I kind of want to hear what you have to say first, right? So it's kind of a variation of a few things, but that's really the only responses that you're going to get. I want to hear what you have to say, like that sort of thing. So let's say they say to you, well, yeah, you know, we were thinking this. Okay, great. And I appreciate your willingness to share that. My intention in asking is really just to gauge your expectation. My goal and objective provided the opportunity is to help you maximize value and get you every penny possible. I'm also the mindset, Jose, I'd much rather earn your business with integrity, being honest and straightforward about what's reasonable and realistic versus promising you something I know is not going to happen and not be able to deliver. So in preparation for us connecting, myself and team and staff are going to be doing a lot of homework. And we're going to send you an email to your email address. And in that email, amongst other things, will be an updated market analysis that I'll bring with me during our time together. And what we'll look at is what's active on the market right now and not selling with pictures so we can compare apples to apples. Then we'll look at what has sold and closed most recently, because of course, as you know, what something's worth is what somebody's willing to pay and what they had to offer and how much they got. And from all of that information, we're going to determine together as a team, not a pinpoint to the penny in terms of price, but instead a very tight, realistic range as to what would be reasonable, does that approach make sense to you? And they're going to be like, yeah, makes perfect sense. And also what I'm doing there and how I'm structuring that, I'm including them in the decision making. I think the training and what people would receive previously was like, I know and you don't. But that that exists for a world in which consumers don't have access to data, where I can go in and be like, I know and you don't. And that's not the world that we live in now. So instead, this approach is very much so coming from a place of inclusion. It's like, look, this is your property. I know you have access to data. I know you're checking these sites every day. So what we're gonna do together as a team is, is we're gonna look at this data. And as specialized knowledge becomes like as information becomes free, specialized knowledge becomes more valuable. So I'm here just to help you to interpret and to consult. And ultimately, you're the boss, you'll decide how we wish to proceed and whatever you decide, I'll support you.
0: Agreed. And then when you're digging for uh, the price, just know that they don't have to give you like an exact number as to what they want to list it at. You just have to have some sort of indication as to where they want to be. Meaning like if they say, well, look, my neighbor sold house, sold at 700,000, I think mine's better. So I'm thinking higher than 700,000. Boom, you've got some indication as well too. Um, and, and then also, uh, sometimes what they'll say is, and you kind of covered this already, they'll say, well, we want to hear what you have to say about price as well too, you know, and what, what most agents typically, uh, do is they say, they'll say, well, like as a professional real estate agent, I study homes and prices every day. Therefore, I assume that you'll list with me at a price that'll cause it to sell. So what price won't you go below? And the problem is that as soon as you say, like, what price won't you go below? Like, imagine being on the receiving end of that. Imagine you are the person that uh, that they're like, uh, uh, like, what price won't you go below? And it's like, well, I thought you were my fiduciary. I thought you were my real estate agent. I thought you're trying to help me get top dollar for my property. Why do you? Why do you want to know what price I won't go below? And it creates like this, like mixed messaging where like you're telling them that you're going to help them, and you're telling them that you're going to help them get top dollar, and then your messaging over here is like, well, what price won't you go below? Like,
1: yeah. And I led with a question of, "You're going to listen when I see you, and what price won't you go below?" It's very clear. What the intentions are behind that, which is like this is about me, and I'm interested in like you know what's the lowest amount that you're willing to sell the property for, instead of coming from a place of contribution, which is like look, you know we're going to look at this together as a team, and I'm going to give you some options that you have at your disposal, and whatever you decide, I'll support you 100. I want you to know that our interests are in alignment. Obviously, we get compensated more the more we help you sell it for. At the same time, you know again, I'm committed to earning your business with integrity. Uh, versus promising you the moon and not being able to deliver. Does that sound fair? And they're like, yeah, that sounds super fair. And now we're like in alignment, right? It's kind of like if I came up to you and you were, you know, I don't know, selling your car or something, like the first thing I said to you is like, hey, what price want you go below? It's like, screw you, buddy. Like, what do you mean? What price want I go below? Now it's very clear to me, like you're trying to like take from me instead of trying to contribute and add value to me.
0: Yeah. And then there's also more basic ways of asking for price. Like a very basic way is like, yo or aaron when i see you how much did you want to list your home for Mm -hmm. you know it just it's very simple it's very so it's like and it just this is the room this is another room now in the room we're focusing about price you know and that's all we're talking about and sometimes whenever they say well look jose we actually would like to keep that information confidential we want to hear what you have to say first we're going to take what you tell us and we're going to compare it to two or three other agents most agents will be like okay you know, and then just like, okay, like they don't want to tell me a price. Um, instead, there are ways to handle that. And you described when I'm going to share the way I handle it. I'll be like, well, look, Aaron, uh, the, re- the reason I'm asking you about the price is more or less to gauge expectation. I want to make sure that you and I are on the same page. Let me give you an example. I had a seller last week tell me that they wanted uh, me to tell them the price Uh, We talk a little bit further. They tell me that they want $3 million for the property. I know realistically the property would only move for a million dollars. I could tell you that over the phone or I could tell them that over the phone. So in that case, it wouldn't make sense for me to, uh, for us to meet. So I'm not asking Uh, What price do you want to tell you exactly what you want to hear and almost regurgitate that price right back to you? The reason I'm asking is just to make sure that our expectations are somewhere in line. So what were you thinking? And they're like, well, I was thinking somewhere around 700 to 750. Boom. That's all I need to know. I'm still, as the agent, I'm still going to do my own independent research. I'm still going to do my own market analysis. I'm still going to have my own opinion about the price as well too. But at least I know what they're thinking now. And I want to make sure that there's someone in line and, 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 and like what happens? Like, okay, so what if they want a million bucks and their property is only worth seven fifty? Like,
1: you know, I like, need to have a conversation before I come and see you. Like I would do a second pre-qualify and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, really doing my best to support, you know, your expectation and what you want at the same time. I'm not seeing data, uh, to, you know, show me that that's an accurate assessment of things. So what I'd like to do is go over some of the recent sales, uh, in hopes that that can help you to decide what you feel is best. Cause again, as I mentioned to you in preparation for connecting my job's to help you. It's never to talk you into doing anything. So, and then go over that information. Did you know that? And they'll say they're like, well, damn it, And I won't. And then I, what I would say is, is, so let's say you knew that through no fault of your own or mine, which is a key phrase, right? So through no fault of your own or mine, the marketplace is showing us that buyers and sellers have been agreeing for 750 for your home. And those recent sales were in the last 30, 60, 90 days. If you knew that that's what it would be required you know, around that price point is what it would take to actually get the home sold. Do you think you would still proceed with selling, or would you try to figure out a different option, maybe renting it or staying put or something of that nature? And then they're going to tell me that, and I'd rather them tell me that before I get in a car and go drive them and you know and talk to them for an hour about you know the situation. And, and
0: this is one of those things that, like, this might be one of the rooms that I walk back into, Aaron. I know that we don't move into another room until we're done with that conversation. And the reason I would say this is, like, let's say that you look at the comps or you know the area really well and you know that everything is selling around 700 but let's say they want 799 but let's say that you walk into the other room and the other rooms they say you ask them would you describe your home for me meaning like what is the condition of the property and let's say that they tell you i've got a guest house in the back that brings in three thousand dollars of rental income is there a possibility now if everything's selling at 700 that they could get that eight hundred thousand? so like whenever they tell me the price there like regardless of what the price is i don't question it until i know what the condition of the property is so for example like there's still going to be a couple of other rooms that we're going to walk into and then when i go into the condition of the property i'm looking for like hey look like can we s- can we, cause I remember like talking to a seller and the guy goes, yeah, I want like 800,000. I'm thinking like, dude, no way you're going to get 800,000. And then that's what I'm thinking in my head. And then he tells me I've got a guest house. I know that rare uh, guest houses are extremely rare in that community. And he starts telling me that his house is fully decked out and that the guest house brings in $2,000. Now I'm like, huh, there's a chance you might be able to get that $800,000, even though it's $100,000 more than anything that is sold in the community, because you do have that extra dwelling at the property. So that yeah. might, in, in my situation, I might wanna walk back into that room. Now, if if once we they, they describe the home to me and there's not enough, uh, like it's not there, then we can have that conversation as well too, as to, hey, look, I'm not finding any data that supports that price.
1: Agreed. And I think there's two rooms that we could potentially go back into. One is what you describe as far as what the property has to offer. The second is his motivation. So I'm Mm -hmm. less like concerned about, you know, what they're telling me price-wise, as long as the motivation's strong, because motivation always fixes price. So if they were to say to me, Lay, I want seven ninety, and I asked them in the in the In the motivation room is it an option for you to not sell the home and still move and they're like no is it an option for you to rent the home and still move and they're like no and if you don't mind me asking was there any particular reason you were even considering selling i have a new job and they want me out there in the next 90 days okay like that person's moving so even though they're saying to me like this you know it it's not an option for them not to sell and it's not an option for them to rent it and still move so you know, we're still going to have a conversation with them for sure. So there's two rooms that you can revisit. One is what the property has to offer and two is motivation. I know that was a good point. That's why that ringer went off.
0: (laughs) And the key there, bro, is that motivation fixes price. A lot of people like are like, no, like they want 800,000, the home's only worth 700,000. But if their motivation is strong enough, like they're going to see they're going to they're going to sell regardless and it's either going to be with you or somebody else and motivation is really the key to, uh, taking a lot of listings. You want to get in front of people that are motivated to do something, you know, not people like, yeah, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, then that's okay too, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so good. So then we have this conversation. If they push back at you, like we said, you know, we asked them about price, like how did you, you know, I'm sure you've been to some of these sites to give estimates of value. So did you have an idea at all of realistically what you were thinking in terms of price? And they'll tell you, and, and then you'll say like, okay, great. And then Um, In terms of the property, have you done any changes or modifications to the inside that you believe would affect its value? Examples being like kitchen, bathrooms, or flooring. Because to Jose's point, what he just said, I need to know this information as myself or staff are doing a CMA, because that's going to allow us to get a realistic range. Again, not a pinpoint to the penny, but a tight range as to what's going to be reasonable or realistic based on terms and condition. I mean, based on, you know, features and amenities that the home has to offer. And then what I do is like, as we're talking about this, I'll kind of guide them. So in Florida, there's certain things, they'll be like, yeah, you know, this and this, like, okay. And how about in the kitchen? Like countertops, cabinets, appliances, any changes or modifications there? And they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. But go ahead, now how about flooring? Is it tile or wood or carpet. How about the bathrooms? Any like vanities, commodes, showers, any changes there? And I'll pull it up on Google map. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm very familiar with your community. I'm pretty sure like your property backs up to a body of water. And like, whoa, how'd you know that? It's like, I'm a magician. There's this thing called the internet, right? So, <laughs> so and, and then like major, like heating and cooling systems, the bones, like a AC, water heater, roof, any <laughs> issues there. And in Florida, hurricane impact windows is a thing. So I'll be like, hey, you know, do you have hurricane impact windows? No, okay. And then the follow-up question to that is, Do you plan on making any additional changes or modifications before I start to bring buyers through? And that's where we're like assumptively closing. Now we're not just gathering information, but we're starting to move the process forward.
0: The the other thing, like the way I look at would you describe your home to me is I I like to think about it like I want to ask enough questions until I'm able to visualize what their home kind of looks like from the inside or what their home kind of looks like in my head. So I'll ask questions like, so for example, like I'll say like, okay, have, uh, would you please describe your property for me? And then just like you, I'll guide them through different rooms. I'll say, have you done any upgrades? And Or they'll say something like, well, yeah, my house is fully remodeled. Okay, great. When you say fully remodeled, do you mean that uh, you've upgraded the kitchen? Yes, that means I've upgraded the kitchen. Okay, great. When you say you've upgraded the kitchen, does that mean that you redid the cabinetry or does that mean that you repainted the kitchen cabinets and just uh, resurfaced them? Because that makes a difference in our area. You know, if they spent 100,000 or $50,000 on brand new cabinetry versus if they just sanded the existing cabinets down, painted them and put new doorknobs, that's a different style of upgrade. Okay, great. You mind me asking what kind of countertops you have? You mind me asking what type of flooring you have throughout the house. Sometimes they'll say like, okay, I've got this nice laminate flooring. Okay, you mind me asking what color is a laminate flooring? Because I want to see how modern or how outdated the property is going to feel. Because just because somebody has remodeled that property, that doesn't mean it's remodeled to today's standard. Meaning like I could have remodeled my property 10 years ago. What if I remodeled my property back in the 1960s, bro? In the 1960s, that was hip. Today, I don't think that's as hip, you know? Today, although some of the things are coming back now, you know, like wallpaper and some of those things, but still, um, so whenever I uh, am asking them, I may even ask them, okay, you mind me asking when these upgrades were done? Oh, they were done 15 years ago, okay? If I start to see like colors like in my area, like browns or like tans, that's not what's in right now so it may still sell for a really good price but it may not sell like if they had the white kitchen if they had the light gray walls they had the light gray floorings that might sell at more of a premium because that is more in line with the styles that are happening right now so I like to ask questions that are going to allow me to visualize what level of remodel they did, when they did the remodel, and almost like be able to visualize what it looks like from the inside. That way, when I'm doing my market analysis, once again, how to prepare for the listing appointment, once I'm doing my market analysis, I'm looking for the comps that best reflect what they've just described to me. So now if they're telling me like, hey, look, I've got the property fully remodeled. They got this, this, and this. I'm trying to find the best comparables that match that. That way, when I'm presenting comparables, they're like, oh yeah, that house is actually really similar to mine. Oh, that sold at 700. Oh man, I guess my price of 800,000 may not be in line with where the marketplace is. And you're able to collect this information about the description by asking these questions. So how to prepare for a listing appointment really comes down to, how well are you at pre-qualifying the seller or asking these questions? Because this is going to tell you how to prepare for the appointment.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And then that that follow-up question, like so, as we're digging, and they say, like, yeah, I remodeled, and you're like, great. So, approximately time frame-wise, how long ago did you remodel the kitchen? So I can be clear, like when it was. Was it ten years ago? Was it a year ago? Right, and that'll give you an indication as to if it's modern or you know perhaps a little dated. And then if It sounds as though based on what you shared with me, you don't plan on making any additional changes or modifications before I would start to bring buyers through, is that correct? And that's where we're starting to assumptively close and kind of move the process forward. And they're like, no, I don't think so. Okay, great. And then I'm gonna be preparing for you a net sheet, Jose, so that way we can determine for you dollars and cents what the proceeds will be when it all shakes out. In order to do that properly and professionally, just need a roundabout. Is there anything still owed on it, like any liens or encumbrances or mortgages, or is the property free and clear for you and your family? And then be quiet
0: what i used to do because there was a script out there that taught me this is like well aaron how much do you owe on the property i would get so much pushback so the way that aaron phrased it is key right there like you got to realize that the way that you phrase things is either going to get people defensive or they're going to be like okay that makes sense and they're going to want to give you that information so i used to ask him how much do you own the property and they would get very defensive with that. People would say like, well, why do you want to know? Why does that matter? Oh, I want and then I would catch myself like almost having to explain things well I want to prepare a net sheet oh don't worry about the net sheet I'll prepare the net sheet myself or just make the net sheet based on what uh, that I owe zero and then I'll do my own numbers on it but by you asking that sometimes that leads to a little bit of distrust so by by letting them know why you want to know how much they owe it almost opens the door I ask it in a very similar way way where I say well Aaron, I wanna prepare what's called the seller net sheet for you. This is gonna let you know net, net bottom line, what you can expect to receive at closing, after escrow, title, and any commissions. Is there still a balance still owed on this property or is the property paid off free and clear? And yep. typically what I get, they'll say, no, there's still a balance, it's about 400,000. Or, or they'll say, no, there's still a balance, okay. Uh, you mind me asking roughly what that balance is? Ah, it's right about 350,000, boom. So. You gotta remember guys that like, whenever you're looking at a script, it's more about like a room and having different ways of asking the questions in a way where it doesn't get people defensive, but it still gives you the information that you want. So by us asking it that way, we're still getting the loan balance. We're just asking it in a way where it doesn't get people defensive instead of Aaron, how much do you owe on the property? Why do you wanna know? why yeah. do you want to know um, how much
1: i owe on the property how much do you owe what price won't you go below or are you going to list with me when i see you? it's like it's very clear like what the intention is right versus what we're doing here is I'm, I'm sharing with you not only why but that it's in your best interest so i'm going to be preparing a net sheet for you and your family so that way you guys could see dollars and cents what the proceeds would be that you can take with you to oxnard that you can take with you to florida that you could take with you to texas in order to do that properly and professionally just need a roundabout is there anything still owed on it like liens encumbrances or mortgages or is it free and clear and To your point, once you change the approach, when you create an environment that's conducive for a yes, and that's conducive for, you know, somebody kind of engaging and perhaps sharing that information with you, then like 95% of the time they will versus the other one, which was like, you know, a large portion of the time they get defensive and they push back. But I need to know this information. And the reason I need to know this information is is so that way I can help them, and for me to determine too, as we're doing this homework, just to ensure that there's an equity position, right? If they tell me that they need 100%, I need 100 grand, otherwise I can't move, and I know how much they owe on the property when we're doing the homework, if the homework doesn't support that, now it's time to do a second call column, tell them what I'm seeing, and have a conversation before we connect.
0: Now, a lot of people think that you win listings at the listing presentation, you can actually win the listings in the pre-qualification script, meaning that like depending on how they feel about the way that you're asking the questions, that is either going to give them a negative impression of them. Or a positive impression of them I went on a listing presentation against one of my buddies and obviously I took it you know
1: ah this guy obviously let's go
0: let's go like a like a champ you know but what they told me is that he asked very similar questions to what I asked what they told me is that um, they felt like he was asking too many questions or that it was too too abrasive and the reason is not that he was asking too many questions it was the way that he was asking the questions was more about him versus them so what i tell people is you can win or lose a listing presentation on the prequel because they're either going to end that conversation with man that was a really pleasant conversation or man that guy asked me a lot of questions and it felt like an interview it
1: felt so, like an interrogation
0: Interrogation. Now, now this is a presentation as well, too. The prequel is a presentation and because it is a presentation, it should be something that you're practicing, meaning something that you're practicing on how to deliver this in a way where it makes the consumer feel good. You collect the information that you want and also it allows you to be fully prepared for the listing appointment.
1: A hundred percent, man. And what I'm aware of is, is I think a lot of people a lot of agents imagine that the listing presentation is only when i physically go to their home not nah, mm-hmm. this is the beginning of the listing presentation and to your point if you do this right and you nail it right you nail the presentation and then you send which we will probably do another video on and talk about like the pre-listing information that gets sent out before i go see them and some additional steps that we take you know 80% of the decisions made before i even step foot in their home right i want to equip them with all the information that they need to make a decision before I even connect with them. And the reason why we're doing this is because we live in a world in which technology has changed our expectation, has changed our behavior on how we make decisions, right? And you're used to, now in this day and age, doing a lot of your own homework and coming to pretty much a conclusion before you speak to anybody right? And that's, I want to create the same environment for them. And then when I speak to them, then I show up dressed fresh, like a million bucks. And then what comes out of my mouth is, you know, different than what other people are seeing. We're coming from a place of contribution. We're also ninja salespeople. Then, you know, we convert at high levels. So we only have a couple more questions on this prequel that I want to get to uh, because I know everybody's time is valuable here. So once they say, Like, yeah, here's how much we owe, great. And I'm imagining based on what you shared with me that you're not interested in acting like a bank and holding a note for a new buyer. You just want for me to help you to get all the cash out. Is that right? And they're going to be like, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I want, right? But that's just a way to assumptively close there, right? Do you want me to help you to get all the cash out? And they're usually going to be like, yeah, because very few people want to, you know, hold a note. And then you say, okay, great. And then, you know, my intention Provided the opportunity again is to do a wonderful job for you and your family. So, other than what we've discussed so far, somebody's got a great track record, somebody who can help you get top dollar, somebody who can help, you know, refer you to someone, you know, a vendor who can put stuff in a pod and ship it out to California, somebody who will look out for your best interest, make sure all the T's are crossed and I's are dotted, and somebody who could just execute and get it done for you. Is there anything else, Jose, you'd be looking for me as your agent that would be important to you? So, that's another assumptive close, like as your agent. That would be important to you and they're gonna tell you well yeah like how much is the commission or yeah like we want to talk about this or yeah we want somebody at this this and this okay good well I made a note of those things here and we'll be sure to discuss them during our time together now I'm aware that I'm just a voice over the phone at the moment Jose so in some information that I'm gonna send you in preparation for connecting in the in the signature of my email there'll be a link to our website check that out put a face to the name there's also a link there's these buttons you can click on where you can see all of our personal reviews online we have over 530 five-star reviews from clients just like you that we've helped in your area from start to finish get the most. So I encourage you to take a look at a few of those, not all of them, but a few. So that way you can get a feel and a flavor for the service and results we provide, okay? And they're going to be like, yeah. Now, why are we doing that? Because we're reverse engineering how we have been trained through technology to make decisions, right? So let's say you and your wife are going to go out to dinner tonight. You don't know where to go. You're not going to pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, hey man, what was the best restaurant you've been to? Like, no, you're going to go to your phone and then you're going to look at reviews and then you're going to watch a video and maybe look at pictures of the food. And then you're going to make a decision on who gets the check for a hundred bucks, just like that. So what we're doing is we're reverse engineering that. We're pushing them to these digital assets that can help do the selling for us. Instead of us being like me, 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 I, 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 and I'm the best and I'm so great. Just let the tech do it for you. Let the digital assets, let the reviews, let, let your past clients who have left glowing reviews sell you to the consumer instead of you kind of verbally vomiting telling people how great you are and then i'll say okay and i've asked you a bunch of questions do you have any other questions or concerns for me quiet and then they'll tell you like okay good and then it leads us back to that final question which is all right and then you strike me jose to be someone who's super straightforward i'm the exact same way I can tell in speaking to you, you've really thought this through and you know it's not a question of if you're going to do this, it's just a question of when and who you're going to partner with. So when we do connect, provided that it makes sense, of course, numbers work, you feel comfortable and confident with me and my team that we can help, you do that due diligence, you check me out online, you see track record, you see reviews, it seems as though you would be open to the possibility of hiring me to help when I see you tomorrow at six, is that right? And then quiet. And they're either going to say yes, no, or maybe. Oftentimes they'll be like, well, yeah, that's why I'm inviting you out. Okay, great. Right? If they say, well, you know, we want to hear what you have to say, then cool. You know, we we can handle that. But let's say they say, yeah, I mean, we're open to it. Awesome. So what I'll do, Jose, is I'll bring with me the analysis that we'll send over via email. So that way we can look at that together as a team and figure out strategically how to position the property to make sure we get you guys top dollar. And then I'll also have with me the appropriate documentation, the listing paperwork. So provided that it all makes sense and you and your wife feel comfortable and confident, we can take care of that and get the process started. Fair enough? And they're like, yeah, that's fair, which is another close. It's like, look, I'm setting the expectation. Like when we meet, The expectation is is that we're gonna do business.
0: It's funny too, and now, whenever they do say yes, that doesn't mean that you've won the listing presentation, guys, because you still have to present in a good way and we'll do we'll probably do a live listing presentation video for you guys what i wanted to invite you guys is comment below this video is not over because we're still going to talk a couple about a couple things but comment below what type of videos you guys would like to see but the point i wanted to make that is because when i would get done pre-qualifying people some people would say yes i'm going to list my home with you and i would go over and ruin the presentation because i was presenting in a way where it wasn't conducive to taking a lot of listings and it, it was like uh, no and then i've been in situations where they're like no i'm not going to list my home with you just come over i'll interview you if i like you we'll take it from there and they do list the property with me so don't get so caught up on that no they said no or yes they said yes because i've seen agents that are like dude they said yes they're going to list their home with me and then i ask them when they come back they're like no i didn't take it and i'm like well, what happened you know it just means that you might've said something at the presentation that maybe they didn't like, or maybe it, something wasn't handled the right way. So you can still ruin the presentation. Uh, at that point, you're just trying to increase the chances. The, the other thing is that, um, Whenever I say like, uh, like Jose, look, I'm gonna prepare what's called the pre, uh, marketing package of information. In this marketing package of information, I'm gonna include the most recent comps, I'm gonna include a copy of the plan of action, and I'm also gonna include a link to our reviews. When I send it, will you take a few moments to review it? Yes. I actually give them a deadline of when that that package is gonna come. One, to keep me accountable and two to be able to deliver on my on one of my first promises to them meaning i'll say you will receive that package by tomorrow at 5 p.m. cuz one i've seen where a lot of agents deliver this package or get this package to them but they get it like 10 minutes before the presentation that does not give the seller enough time to review it so i like committing to a deadline because one it makes sure that a, I'm a i may uh, that I give it to them and they have enough time to review it. And two, it gives me like, it puts a little bit of pressure on me to get everything done as well too.
1: That's exactly right. And then what came up for me is like, if somebody's like, well, you know, we're not sure yet. Like, okay. And I know it's a big decision. You want to make sure you're making the best decision possible. You know, I mean this very humbly. I really do. You know, like 90, 95% of the time when I meet with people in person, particularly when they see our track record and reviews, they do decide to hire me and put me to work. So what I'll do is I'll bring with me the analysis again, so we can review it together as a team and figure out strategically how to position it. The property that is to make sure we're maximizing value and getting you top dollar and i will also have with me the appropriate documentation so provided that if and i'm aware that that is an if you do feel comfortable confident then we can get the process started does that sound fair they're like okay right so you know just kind of managing that expectation that that is my intention when we connect and then when we do like a live listening presentation we can kind of walk people through how that is so i want everybody to hear you know hopefully this has been helpful or useful to you in some way and what i want everybody to hear is that every there's about five conversations that you have to master if you want to be a dominant listing agent you want to list 100 prop plus properties a year the way me and jose do individually one at a time it begins with setting appointments it continues with the pre-qualification right and this is how you prepare for the listing presentation you know there's a saying that says you know failing to prepare is preparing to fail well, if you don't prepare properly and you don't ask these surgical questions, you're walking in essentially blind. And that is why, according to the National Association of Realtors, when an agent goes into a listing appointment on 100 appointments, they'll only take 20 of those listings. When me and Jose go on listing appointments, we'll take 80 to 85 of those. So it's a difference of like, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand $800,000 a year in income. And the main, one of the main reasons is, is because of this particular skill. So hopefully this has been helpful or useful to you in some way. If you have liked this episode, be sure to sub- smash the uh, subscribe button. Uh, be sure to like the episode and then go ahead and share it. You know, if you think there's other agents out there who could you know, benefit from uh, our time together today, go ahead and do that. So uh, be sure to look out for the next installment of these five kind of master level conversations about listing property in high volume. And what we'll be talking about on that one is you know, what information's being sent out before we go and see them and that whole process, right? Because there is a SOP for that, a standard operating procedure. And uh, we're more than happy to share that with you in hopes that it can help you in some way. So I appreciate you, Jose, as always, always a pleasure. I'm not sure if you have pants on, you may or may not, not sure, but um, whatever you're doing, keep it sexy and look forward to reconnecting with you soon, brother.
0: Sounds good, my man. Appreciate you. All right.
1: Yep. Later. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to
0: subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.